0: Tajuddin with South City, these are pillars, right? The Silver Bird. So you've got to look at the fact that you've got to give Babangida credit. He is the person who deregulated Nigerian broadcasting in 91 or 92. Yeah. That actually is a big moment that pushes forward everything. So if you look at the big moments deregulation of broadcasting, because Nollywood is born out of the frustration of not being able to get onto television. Wow. Yeah, because they couldn't. NTA was not going to give you a commission even till today our TV industry is messed up because of the model that we operate and TV should be the biggest segment of our industry but the truth of the matter is at the time it was government controlled it was public sector run it was limited creativity and sometimes you can't regulate creativity so if you're stuck in a mold where you think this is the only way in which we do something then that's what ends up happening So just so let's start with music, Mm -hmm. and then we do sports, and then we do.
1: Now with music, give me three in your in your in the run you've been. Give me three key moments in our industry that has changed the pattern, so we can predict the future. Three moments in your time.
0: (laughs) Only three. (laughs) There's There's a lot. I mean, I think from my personal perspective. Yeah. Um things I've been directly involved. I've been involved in a lot of stuff. But if I think about seminal moments, I think the second time, not the first time. I was gonna say the first time I saw Junior and Pretty. I think the second time. Junior and Pretty? Yeah, I think the second time I saw them. The first time I saw them, they showed up. We were producing a show called Clapperboard Weekend Raps. Clapperboard Television was the first private TV channel in Nigeria. And we were producing this show that used to run on Saturdays. And Jimmy Jack, was the DJ. Ulissa Dubois was the host. Wow. No, he was producing and directing. Jimmy is the DJ. A guy called A-Blog, another brother living off crime, was an MC. He's now a multimillionaire in London, was the host. And he was a rapper. He was part of a crew called uh, Tribe of Troubadours. So we just have rappers come, which is shoot in a place called Sizzlers in VI. So the rappers will come and audition for us before we let them on the show, right? And the first time Junior Pretty showed up, these guys are rapping in American accents. I couldn't work out what they were saying. I was like, I said, bro, I mean, please, where did you come from? You know, guys said like, oh, that's. I'm telling you, man. The guy said he came from Ajegunle." I said, so <laughs> this is all these AK-47 you're rapping about. I mean, they've never seen an AK-47. I said, it doesn't make no sense. So what uh, calm down small? How did you get here? I said he jumped bus somewhere, he jumped bike somewhere. <laughs> I said, you know something? I said, if you rap about that there's more chance that people pay attention because people jump bus Everybody in Lagos will understand what you're rapping about. And then adjust your accent, come down. <laughs> but it was just more like conversation. It wasn't- Condescending. No, no, no. I, I, maybe it was, I don't even know. Okay. But, but it was just feedback. Like guys, but they were disappointed. You know, they've come all the way, they got their, they've got their big audition. And we have to say yes or no, you're going on TV. And we're like, there's no way you're going on TV. And we were shooting once a month. So they don't know whether we're ever going to let them audition mm-hmm. again. Or the... So the next time we, we had a shoot, they came. And, you know, we're auditioning again. And the guy gets on stage. And Junior, unfortunately, is late now, but Pretty still alive. And the guy gets on stage, and the guy starts going, he says something like, PLC, chop my money, PLC. And I'm like, Sir, wait a second. Where's this melody coming from, right? And these guys had three songs done, Pigeon English books, verses, and they were funny. I mean, to the extent that we had actually recorded an entire album with a guy called Nodine, who was we were positioning Nodine to take out Blackie. Blackie was like the superstar, so and Blackie was a friend of mine. You know, so I'm like, I said, call him and said, Blackie, I got somebody. <laughs> we're gonna take you out. Blackie's like, yeah, yeah, yeah these are premier records premier records is like nigeria sonia day yeah i mean premier had everybody premier and sony music were big labels you know they were big money labels we were running storm out of like i mean out of nothing out of air right <laughs> so we go and beg these guys to give us a distribution deal and this is who is the md of uh, sony who's a legend in nigerian music she just laughed she's like what's the kind of music you're doing And I'm like, she was the licensee for Def Jam Records, right? CBS and Def Jam, they had them. So they had, you know, Big Daddy Kane. They had Public Enemy, LL, Cool J. Uh, Wow. But they were not releasing any of the music into Nigeria. So I'm freaking out. I'm like, you've got all these artists. You're not releasing them. So who's going to buy it? But you know what? They had Shino Peters, La Ayuba. They were killing it. Mike Okri. So as far as they were concerned, this thing people are talking about, is like it's just gist, right? But you know, we're crazy enough. We went anyway. We went to the Sony distributor, who was a lady, I can't remember her name, says Okoye in Malu Road, and our Papa went in there. And we ordered thirty thousand cassettes. Almost had a heart attack even thinking about it. We're gonna do these cassettes. But we sold out. We sold three hundred and fifty thousand cassettes.
1: Of Junior and Pretty.
0: Yeah, the first album. And you know the funniest thing? They probably sold four million. Because we had no control, I mean. <laughs> this thing was, the thing was showing up in like 15 countries. Wow. So those boys, we released them on their contract to Premier Records for their second album. And then they toured for five years in West Africa. Junior and Pretty. So yeah, they made their money. And the thing about it is they're the first rappers in Pigeon. All that Junior stuff, and
1: Pretty. All that
0: stuff they did is like a blueprint. Yeah. So if you're listening to anybody today who's rapping, who's putting the Pigeon into the language, using the hip hop beats, that's wow. the foundation of Afrobeats, right? Wow, that's before Remedies, it's before, before all those guys. Partition Boys, ten eight years before, Junior and Pretty is 1991, 1992, Do you understand? That's 31 years ago. Yeah. So Junior Pretty first. Next moment. Next moment. for, Afro, for, for Nigerian music, I think, I think, I think it's the adver- it's the arrival of Two Face.
1: I think so too.
0: Uh, it's the arrival of Two Face. I think Two Face two-face 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 is a is a different kind of artist right and i think when people tell the story of nigerian music if you don't talk about two-face you weren't here you don't understand i mean all the other artists were looking up to two-face
1: so you wouldn't say plantation
0: boys you say two-face no it's two-face i mean plantation boys were nice it's like style plus they're nice they're doing their thing Uh tribesmen are doing their thing okay idris abdul karim is a very important artist in this In this this time? Tony Tetula. There's a bunch of these guys. What Kenneth's music is doing is critical. because AIT jams, all these things are happening and they're bringing a lot of energy that people haven't seen before. So, then you have the guys coming from Abuja, Mode 9, Overdose.
1: There's a tall guy. What's his name again? Six
0: Foot Plus. Six Foot Plus, man. That's my guy. That's my guy. He don't do me! From 91. I've known him since 91. So, the energy of the movement is coming like that. LD is beginning to become important utilize tribesmen tribesmen and ld with the videos changed the game he went into the street markets in alaba with a guy called Tijo, right Tijo. if you ever were buying music in those days this guy used to be called um Biz Bob, Biz, big boss jigger uh, alaba yeah that's Tijo. Right? <laughs> those guys <laughs> control the stuff they were making the money we were just creating the products. content yeah but we weren't seeing any money back do you understand so 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 we killed that <laughs>
1: And then the last, the third, not the last, but the third. So we you have what? Junior Pretty, Two
0: Face, and that era, then. We'll... The Bands. Yeah, of course. I mean, listen, the band, right? Because the Band is coexisting with Two Face, right? Who is, to me, eternal, and P Square, who come from Joss and change the energy. When we first saw P Square, it, like, it was like seeing Twin Usher, right? And they were kind of doing RB, you know, their first time out and they tweaked their sound and went into this kind of high life slash R&B with the dancing and the energy and they just took over Africa. It is P-Square that were first being flown around in private jets. P-Square? Of course. Heads of state in Africa. P-Square, listen, when people were not able to charge two and a half million, a a million, P-Square were charging 10 million. So you know
1: what? You're going to hold that 10 million. We'll go on a break <laughs> and we'll be right back. Still on full current. See you soon.
0: Mm. Wow! Am I boring you guys? No. Wow. P Square. Man, listen, P Square. You know, I know some of these stuff. I don't know want to say them. P Square. Jude will tell you. Okay.
1: So P Square. I I I will never tell you.
0: P Square. Private jets. P Square.
1: Not whiskeys. P Square.
0: Listen, man. Whiskey is kid is five years after.
1: No, no, but but PJs.
0: Listen, it's now social media, let me tell you, right? P Square. Jude used to say the biggest artists were getting three million, maybe five.
1: Nah.
0: Yeah. Ain't nobody getting three million dollars even now. So don't let them light you. But three million naira was big money in 2008. It was big money. P-Square, Jude will tell you, P Square is 10 million. Whether it's five minutes of performance, two hour performance, (laughs) whether it's your house, in the club or in the stadium that's p square and p square you know listen p square were not in the clubs they didn't have the lifestyle which were in the gym they're at home working out training when you see them on stage they give you two and a half hours of high energy and they don't miss there's nothing like oh they missed a song they had an off day those ones people were doing 80,000 people in stadiums at 2009 Kenya, Zambia, Uganda, Sierra Leone, Liberia, like that, for a good seven years. So yeah, if people, anybody that doesn't understand, doesn't understand. I mean, P-Square will sell out the O2 this year. If they, if they focus on that as an objective, they will do it because they'll do it. Yeah, because the three big, the three biggest artists in our era, Two-Face, P-Square, The Banj, The The Banj's energy changes the game totally. But it's the band with more no hits, with Jazzy, one Cole, The Prince. It's a movements. Just understand that. Moments, moments. The dynamic. That's why I said the third one is. Are we on? No, we're not, no, on. We're not on, uh, on. yet. Three yeah. minutes. This, the third one is um three
1: minutes, great. Okay.
0: The third one is uh Oliver Twist. Oliver, yeah. Because it, it's also it's a kind massive moment Game for the English. culture, but it's a separation between the bands and the jazz jazzy. So that's why it's very important, because Jazzy had to go and rebuild. It's Mavens, right? The band's went his direction.
1: Let me check scores for you. Yeah. Let me break your heart.
0: Yeah, please. give me, give me, let my heart. Tell me good news, let man. Let
1: me break your heart, bruv.
0: He wants to break my heart. Is, it, is your husband at Chelsea's to- supporter? <laughs> the man, not for So he doesn't care. He just wants to give me pain. 1-1. 1-1. Which for us? Salah?
1: still first half, uh, 1-1. Who scored? Diaz, who scored first?
0: Liverpool scored first. Who
1: equalized? What's the name? Okay, it's a new player, it's a new player. So, 1-1. First half over. Now, oh, wow. Seven minutes, listen, seven minutes. Um,
0: um, They're still in half time.
1: Yeah, it's still on. Seven minutes, like, extra time. Oh, the first, first half? Step, yeah. Neymar is going to Araleo.
0: Wouldn't you go? Hmm? Wouldn't you go? 175. yeah, I'll go now. I'm going to give him 175. Not even in a conversation, man. Yeah. It's not difficult. These are not hard decisions.
1: At all. You give me, if, you give me, if
0: you give me that money, I'll abandon my entire family legacy history. <laughs> People start speaking Arabian by force, man.
1: So they're going to buy out Neymar's contract
0: From PSG. From
1: PSG and give him a deal of on $175 million. I'll go now, of course.
0: Also, you have to understand this is a flex. Saudi Arabia Qatar flex. KSA is Qatar. Saudi is taking everybody because what Saudi is basically saying is, ah, so you think Qatar can host World Cup and just be not cheap. You know, Saudi is a big country. It's not. It's like Nigeria. You can fly three, two hours internal from city to city. Saudi. Yeah. It's not like Qatar. That's a very that's a city state. Qatar is a city state like Dubai, like Abu Dhabi. Saudi is you can fly. Two hours inside for Saudi, so they're planning. They spend,
1: they, they, they're going to spend 100 billion dollars. You've infrastructure.
0: there, Qatar. That's about 400 billion. On World up. Yeah. What else do they spend the money? Would you even know where Qatar? Thirty runs? seconds,
1: huh? it's, it's... It's wild. That's we'll Africa's about. economy. <laughs>
0: Africa's economy should be much
1: Okay? And
0: we're back to full cover. And you know the funniest thing? They probably sold 4 million. Because we had no control. I mean, (laughs) this thing was, the thing was showing up in like 15 countries. Wow. But those boys, we released them on their contract to Premier Records for their second album. And then they toured for five years in West Africa. Junior and Pretty. Yeah, they made their money. And the thing about it is, they're the first rappers in Pigeon. Junior and
1: Pretty. All that
0: stuff they did is like a blueprint. So if you're listening to anybody today, who's rapping, who's putting the pigeon into the language, using the hip-hop beats. That's wow. the foundation of Afrobeats, right? Wow. As before Remedies, as before, before all those guys. Partition Boys. And Ten, eight years before. Junior and Pretty is 1991, 1992. Do you understand? That's 31 years ago. Yeah. So Junior and Pretty first? Next moment. Next moment. For, Afro, for, for Nigerian music, I think... I think I think it's the, adver- it's the arrival of Two-Face. I think so too. Uh, it's the arrival of Two-Face. I think Two-Face is a different kind of artist, right? And I think when people tell the story of Nigerian music, if you don't talk about Two-Face, you weren't here. You don't understand. I mean, all the other artists were looking up to Two-Face. So you wouldn't
1: say Plantation Boys, you say Two-Face. No, it's
0: Two-Face. I mean, Plantation Boys were nice. It's like Style Plus. They're nice, they're doing their thing. Tribes are better doing their thing, okay? Idris Abdul Karim is a very important artist in this time. In this, in this time. Tony Tetula. There's a bunch of these guys. What Kenneth's music is doing is critical. Because AIT jams, all these things are happening and they're bringing a lot of energy that people haven't seen before. So then you have the guys coming from Abuja, Mode 9, Overdose. There's
1: a tall guy. What's his name again? Six
0: foot plus. Six foot plus, that's man. My, that's my guy. That's my guy. He don't 90, do me. From 91. Wow. Known him since '91, so the energy of the movement is coming like that. LD is beginning to become important. Utilize tribesmen, tribesmen, and LD with the videos changed the game. He went into the street markets in Alaba with a guy called Tijo, right? Tijo, if you ever were buying music in those days, this guy used to be called um Biz Bob, Biz, Big Boss Jigger Man. uh Alaba. Yeah, that's TJ. (laughs) Those guys (laughs) control the stuff. They were making the money. We were just creating the content. Yeah, but we weren't seeing any money back. Do you understand? So, 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 so. So we killed that.
1: (laughs) And then the last, the third, not the last, but the third. So we have Junior Pretty, Two-Face and that era. Then the
0: bands. Yeah, of course. I mean, listen, the band, right? Because the band is coexisting with Two-Face, right? Who is, to me, eternal and P-square, who come from Joss and change their energy. P- when we first saw P-square, it was like, it was like seeing two in Usher, right? And they were kind of doing R&B, you know, their first time out. Then they tweaked their sound and went into this kind of high life slash R&B with the dancing and the energy. And they just took over Africa. It is P-square that were first being flown around in private jets. P-square? Of course. Heads of state in Africa. P-square, listen. When people were not able to charge two and a half million, P square were charging 10 million.
1: So, you know what? You're going to hold that 10 million. We'll go on a break <laughs> and we'll be right back. Still on full current. See you soon.
0: Mm. Wow. Am I boring you guys? No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. P square. Man, listen, P square. You know what? Some of these stuff I don't even want to say. them. P square, t- Jude will tell you.
1: Mm. Okay. So, P square.
0: I I, I will never have told you. P Square. Pirate jets. P Square. No whiskey. P Square. Listen, man, whiskey is whiskey is five years after. No, no, but, but PJs. Listen, it's now social media. Let me tell you, right? P Square. Jude used to say the biggest artists were getting three million, maybe five.
1: Nah.
0: Yeah. Ain't nobody getting three million dollars even now. So don't let them Yeah, light yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. But 3 million naira was big money in 2008. It was big money. P Square, Judah tell you, P Square is 10 million. Whether it's 5 million to performance, two hour performance, yes. whether it's your house <laughs> in the club or in the stadium, or that it's 10 million. P Square. And P Square, you know, listen, P-Square were not in the clubs. They didn't have the lifestyle. P Square were in the gym. they were at home, working out, training. Where you see them on stage, they give you two and a half hours of high energy. They don't miss. There's nothing like, oh, they missed a song, they had an off day. Those ones, people are doing 80,000 people in stadiums in 2009. Kenya, Zambia, Uganda, Sierra Leone, Liberia, like that, for a good seven years. So, yeah. If people, anybody that doesn't understand, doesn't understand. I mean, P-Square will sell out the O2 this year. If they, if they focus on that as an objective, they will do it. Because they'll do it. Yeah, because the three big, the three biggest artists in our era, Two-Face, P-Square, the, the Band. The The Band's energy changes the game totally. But it's The Band with Mo Heads, with Jazzy, the Wally Cole, The Prince. It's a movement. Just understand that moments moments the dynamic that's why i said the third one is are we on no we're not, no, on, we're not on yet yeah. so minutes. This, the third one is um three minutes great okay. the third one is uh oliver twist
1: oliver yeah
0: because it, it's also it's a Can massive moment David for David the been culture been. but it's a separation between the bands and jazzy jazz. so that's why it's very important because jazzy had to go and rebuild it's mavens right the bands went his direction
1: MJX scores for you. Let me break your heart.
0: Yes. Yeah. Give me, give me, let my heart. Tell me good news, man. Let me
1: man. break your heart, bruv. Who
0: wants to break my heart? Is, is your husband at Chelsea supporter?
1: No, man, that's not sure.
0: So he doesn't care. He just wants to give me pain. 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. Who scored yeah. for us? Salah?
1: Still first half. 1-1. One, one. Who scored? Diaz. Who scored 1st Who equalized? What's the name? Okay, it's a new player, it's a new player. It's so 1-1. First half over. Now oh, wow. Seven minutes, listen, seven minutes... Um, um,
0: They're still in half time.
1: Yeah, it's still on. Seven minutes, like, extra time. Oh, the first, first, time. first half? Yeah. Neymar is going to Ahly. Wouldn't you go? Hmm?
0: Wouldn't you go? One seventy-five a year. I'll go now. I'm going to give you him. One seventy-five. Not even in a conversation, man. Yeah. It's not difficult. These are not hard decisions.
1: At all. If you give me, if you give me If
0: you give me that money, I'll abandon my entire family legacy history. <laughs> People start speaking Arabian by force, man. So
1: they're going to buy out Neymar's contract? from PSG PSG and give him a deal of $175 million. I will go now, of course.
0: Also, you have to understand, this is a flex. Saudi Arabia, Qatar flex. PSG is Qatar. Saudi is taking everybody. Because what Saudi is basically saying is, ah, so, you think Qatar can host World Cup and those people can't you know, Saudi is a big country. It's not. It's like Nigeria. You can fly three, two hours internal from city to city. Saudi. Yeah. It's not like Qatar. That's a very. That's a city state. Qatar is a city state like Dubai, like Abu Dhabi. Saudi You can fly two hours inside Saudi. So they're planning. They They're
1: they, going they, they to spend 100 billion dollars. You've been Qatar. That's
0: like 400
1: billion. A World Cup.
0: Yeah. yeah. What else do they spend the money? Would you even know where Qatar was? Huh? It's, it's
1: it's wild. We'll That's Africa's economy. <laughs>
0: uh, well, Africa's economy should be much more.
1: Okay. And we're back to full current. Now, the idea of this of this show is full concept, full conversations. Really not have big conversations. Go from the past to the present and the present to the future. So back to P Square, 10 million.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Private jet. So they were the guys.
0: Listen, man. P-Square, there's a true story. True story. Akon told me himself, not theoretical, not fair. Akon told you. Oh yeah. Akon was booked to do some show in East Africa around 2008, nine. And he had a conflict. He had like two bookings, literally the same day. It's going to make it difficult for him to make that particular show. They paid him a lot of money. It's like either New Year's Eve, December 31st, December 30th kind of situation. So he's trying to work out, okay, what can I do to keep, give you guys a substitute for me, right? That can maintain the same level of interest because in those days, Typically, it wasn't the companies paying for the artists. It'd be the head of state of the country. They do it like a gift to their people. So they book the biggest artist that their country people are listening to, and bring him in the Acorn Whitecliff. Then that used to be the Black American artists. Then as we began to flip the situation and people listen to us, started being our artists. And the first guys everybody was looking for was P Square. Then Mohits, no the badge, and you know from Indonesia. Across Africa, the Middle East, London, and then into the States. That's how I began to build. But the African heads of state. So Acorn is, I think it was in Uganda or something. It's 2008 9. And he has to find a substitute. So he does a deal with P Square and books them to come and perform for him. Once P Square is announced in that country for the show, they sold 80,000 tickets immediately.
1: 80,000?
0: 80, yeah, 80,000. P Square came there shut down the country for New Year's Eve. And that's what they do. And I'm telling you, till tomorrow, any time you put P Square the stadium, they're going to shut it down.
1: So, 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 so just now let's, let's talk about stadiums mm-hmm. and infrastructure. Oh, yeah. It's sad to say that as of now, the music industry is an export system. The guys make it outside. The big stadiums, Bonas is our biggest exports in this era mm-hmm. with stadiums and all. In your lifetime, which state, which stadium performance did you go to, and forever is the number one you've been in your life? Oh, Music
0: in anywhere in the world? In the world, oh, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Michael, only till now. It's not even a question. Wait, so wait, wait, even a which question. stadium? I saw Michael Jackson Wembley Stadium, 1989. You remember till now? What are you talking about? Yeah, have, yeah. Have most people would be. Listen, bro, man. Listen. It, Respectfully to all artists that have ever lived, we've seen a lot of them. You know, the greatest artists of this era are great. Beyonce, Chris Brown, but to me, it's even laughable to mention them with Michael. They they sold hundreds of millions of records, congratulations. That's great, this is Michael Jackson. (laughs) It's a different thing, it's a different conversation. It's, It's, I don't know how to explain it. I will tell you this story, I'm in the stadium, the first time we saw him. I only ever saw him that one time in concert. But a friend of mine had been calling me three days before that, can we go together to the show? I'm like, yeah, sure. And he's like, what time are you going? I said, Man, I'll be there. i don't know. The show, the show is 8 p.m. I'll get there like, you know, 6, 6.30. I don't even want to see the person performing before Michael. So I'm going to get there as late as possible, make my way to where my place is in the stadium and watch the show. He's like, ah, that, no, I'm not focused. I said, what do you mean? He, goes, he says, what do you mean? He says, he says that like, he met Michael at the airport yesterday. I said, I said, what do you mean? He goes, I said, bro, I was at the airport to meet the guy. I said, did he know? He said, no, I was with the fans. Said, so the next day, he was at the airport at 4 a.m. I'm telling you, with 30,000 people waiting for the place to be open. He stayed there the whole day from that 4 a.m. He watched the show. He now flew on tour with Michael to three more cities in Europe. Michael doesn't know him. I <laughs> said, guy, this thing is mean, extreme behavior, but that's Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson, you know. So he's an outlier forever and ever. Man, listen. It's Michael. If you take if you add Jay-Z swag, right, and confidence. Buster Rhymes energy, right?
1: Buster Bonus energy. Let's edge. Yeah.
0: Bernard's still got some way to go to match buster. I'm just telling you. Get um, Chris Brown's dancing at its absolute best, right? Add the perfect vocals of an Aretha Franklin, yeah? Well, I mean, where am I going now? <laughs> you're, still, Mike. you're still not really got Mike. MJ is a problem because MJ could kill you with the ballads, kill you with the dancing, kill you with any form of music he decided to touch. So the guy does a rock song he destroys the era i mean he was killing genres radio changed because of this guy television changed because of this guy mtv wasn't playing any black artists not one michael came; he became the biggest artist in the history of mtv do you, do you understand what i'm saying so it's i get it i get it he broke every um barrier that existed for black music now
1: in nigeria you've been for some stadium acts by Nigerians, mm-hmm. who has been your best stadium act uh, anywhere in the world by a Nigerian?
0: Uh, that's a tough question. I mean, so
1: I'll give you four. Have you been to Fela Stadium?
0: Uh, listen, Fela Kuti, I've seen Fela Kuti live. I was, I was a shrine, I saw Fela Kuti live at Lucky Sunsplash backstage with him, nineteen ninety one. So yes, I've seen Fela. I mean, I'm privileged. I saw him at Shrine several times, a song like, that they still haven't released, for BBC, Big Blind Country. I saw the day he debuted the song, because like, had just um, devalued the Naira, right, from 10 to 1 to 30 to 1, to think about today's rates. <laughs> right? So he just devalued the Naira, so we went to Shrine to find out what Fela had to say. Fela had a lot to say, and it's was BBC, Big Blind Country.
1: So you've seen Fela, Fela you've, incredible. you've seen Peace you've Square? Seen
0: incredible you've seen banga yes incredible. you've seen bonner yes i didn't even before we get to better talk about daddy shoki Daddy shoki uh, yes
1: but was he on key just asking
0: what daddy shoki was daddy, on key let me tell you something think about this when glow launched in nigeria they launched daddy shoki on billboards think about that why it's king of the streets the Ajegunle warrior are you joking Daddy Shoki, Daddy, Daddy Shoki, you know, Niger, it's like Idris. It's the Nigerians just dismiss these people. Like, I said, no, these people command millions of people. They represent them. So that these are the authentic kings. I mean, yes, Burner's great, but Burner still hasn't had the shows in Nigeria, like Shoki. Do you get what I'm saying? When Burner's able to tour 40 stadiums in Nigeria and do what he just did this summer worldwide, then I'll give him. But I'll elevate, elevate him to that.
1: But the infrastructure in Nigeria can handle this no, sound.
0: That's not true. That's not true. That's not. That's not, nobody lied to you. The sound is in Nigeria. The stages are in Nigeria. We have four hundred state. We have forty stadiums. We have four hundred universities that have facilities. Right. We have thousands of halls. What you don't have is promoters, right? Who are ready to take the risk to build touring. Touring is not something built by. What has been happening like just brand promotion? Very different thing. So, you know, Glow Campus Storm or MTN Rave, they bring seven artists and they do one one song. That's not a concert, right? And they and that in that experience, the consumer does not pay. So it perverts the relationship. I mean, let me don't get it wrong. We built that 20 years ago. So that because in validating I hear you. So, no, you have to validate, right? We, yeah. I, I was tell people I said music or entertainment and show business. There was a time in this country, it's not that long ago, where you bring anybody local and you put them in front of a Nigerian brand and they used to act up like they do you a favor. Ah, would be a big. This we go. Even with the biggest brands, I don't want to name them, but they would always defer to the foreign, okay? But now it's different, man. Well, yeah, we earned the right. We earned the right, so you've got to pay now. But you've got to pay for the experience, Promoters have to deliver the experience to the consumer, do you understand? So that the consumer is ready to pay, come and enjoy and be safe and enjoy. So I think AfroNation Lagos this Christmas, you will see that, you understand, because they are promoters. They're not waiting for the sponsor to do the show. They're not beholden to that. They're building a format where you can come and see Burner perform for 90 minutes and give its full production, which is what everybody here has been cheated of, right? Yeah. Because you're go, able to go to Echo Hotel, but that's an elite venue for very few people.
1: You,
0: you want to be able to put those artists that are in a Hotel, they're actually too big for the venue. I hear you. David Wiz Bernard the, the bigger ashake Rima Rima, they're big enough to fill stadiums. If you're selling out the O2 Arena in London, you can sell out. 20 stadiums in Nigeria.
1: Kesimalogo, Abuja Stadium. Tessimabu,
0: Tessimabu is 6,000 people. There's nobody there. 8,000. It's, uh, it's that's like when you can't. Oh no, Tessimabu is the one two there. 18,000. They can sell it easy. It's just a mindset and understanding the economics of that business. And that's a business, really, for me, it's about to start. Live about to start. Inter- yeah, Live entertainment and domestic touring. There are people who have been, I mean, you're in this thing to an extent. You know that there are people who've been producing shows. For 25 years, yeah. right? And but it's just the mindset of it's like the way people don't pay to go to bars and lounges, right? The bars and lounges still make money. Do you get? Yeah. But now you have to pay to go to the concert. Because that burner concert you're seeing you know, or the whisk kit the O2 or Rayman, the ticket's 350 pounds or 180 pounds. Nobody's diminishing the talent. Nobody's saying, ah, it's too much. No, why is it too much? It's world class, right? So in your country here. It's going to be about value exchange. You're not going to price the same price as a London ticket. Of course. Well, the, well, Echo Hotel does, actually. That's the funny thing, because it's super elite. But if you're coming to the masses and you're saying, instead of going to Echo Hotel, let me go and do National Stadium, or let me do TBS and sell 80,000 tickets, that's a different conversation, but only a very, very few can sell those tickets right? to really fill the venue. So it's, it's a nuanced business. And the business has many levels and opportunities. There are artists who I don't remember an artist called BB King, who's an old R and B. Yeah, he used to do three hundred shows a year. I mean, out of three hundred and sixty days a year, he's performing three hundred days. Right? That's crazy. But that's the business. That's the business of music. Now, now, I've watched
1: many podcasts, Apple Podcast, um, um, podcast by um, um, Revolt TV, Grammy Conversation. And they call this thing Afrobeats. Mm-hmm. So they make Afrobeat now the, the name of the, Ni- the, the Nigerian music export. Mm-hmm. You know how we have, um, we have petroleum. It's now Afrobeat. But for those who don't do what we call Afrobeat, it's a bit confusing. So what is the future of the music export? Is it just the name Afrobeats or Afrofusion? What do you think... In the- for the Gen, Z, the, the Gen Z, the next guys, what is the concept?
0: I think I think don't get stuck on names. On names. Just do hot stuff, right? If, if it's hot, no one cares what you call it. But the truth of the matter is that beats is the genre and the de- definition that has exploded. So there's no reason to fight it. I remember when the name was being bandied about. Well, what we were all doing was hip hop, okay? And we used to have all kinds of names for it. Nigeria hip hop, African hip hop, African vibes, and none of them were really working. And a lot of it was to do with a very simple thing, that a lot of African music was classified as world music, right? So if you went into the world in the old days, the way record stores were structured- World music, yeah. So you were, if you're- music, Yeah, if you're world music- Bisundo. Yeah, you're with those guys, and then you're at the back of the store, right? So in the front of the store, I walk in the front of the store, I'm seeing R. Kelly. Pop, Jay R b r R&B. Beyonce, Total, Biggie. And say, world music, who's world music? Labaja.
1: I'm like, none of these
0: guys are in the club. None of them are ever going to be on radio. We wanted to be in the club, we wanted to be on radio. We weren't trying to be roots and culture. That's great, but that's not what we were trying to be. We want to be front and center, urban, in the thing. And that's why hip-hop and Afro beats are first cousins. Because what we were doing was hip-hop. But when we domesticated it fully. Melody added African inflection, plus melody, plus dance, and changed it from rapping about the ak 47 to rapping about palm wine, or whatever we wanted to rap about. Then it became organic. And that's how you arrive at Afrobeats. And it was just a function of people searching for names. A brand say gets the credit for the name, but the truth of the matter is, Afrobeats is first customer hip hop, and Afrobeats is a fusion music. That's what Nigerians do. We mix stuff up, right? Everything we touch, we affect it and we animate it. And the music is the best expression of that. And you know, the music needs no visas, it just goes. It goes.
1: There's a name you didn't call it, at the moment. There's a name mm-hmm. you didn't call it at the moment. And I wanna just ask you your opinion about him in this journey, mm-hmm. One Day Cole. What about One Day? That One Day, was he a moment?
0: Is he a moment? One Day call is institutional. I mean, when they call, you know, when I first met him, he was called Ebony. Right? Ebony. Yeah, yeah, that's his name. That was his artist name, Ebony, right? And when they call, we recorded him, we put him on a record before Mo Hits did because he was already with Mo Hits. But we were feeling him. We're like, I was like, man, this boy can sing. He was singing. He was singing. singing. He wanted to be around singing. And he wasn't, he didn't have any songs yet. He was singing. And we're like, listen, I said, Jazzy. I, I had to convince Jazzy to do a couple of tracks for E.K. Chupu. And I wanted One on the hook. And same thing with Nadeo C a year before. So, Wanda did a couple of hooks for Nadeo C songs, You know, he's got this voice that people try to copy, but you can't copy that thing. And you know, that's the thing. So there was a record report I showed with, with Nadeo C and One Day in 2007, right? And this is before any One Day Core release. In fact, when we first reported, I still have the tape somewhere. It's Nadeo C and Ebony. An Ebony is spelled with an I. His name got changed the next year, one day called Black as Cole. You know, I know he used to be an incredible dancer. He still says he can dance, but I think, I he added a bit too much weight. Sorry, <laughs> one day, but, but the thing about it is the guy had it and he still has it. So the vocal inflections he had and he pushed more hits, right? Because more hits with Jazzy's energy and Jazzy's production, the band's energy and one day with the melody. So it was a rap. There was nothing anybody could do. It was like, these guys were just bringing hit after hit after hit. And, you know, they used to come to my house at 2 a.m. and play me these records. I'd be like, I call my guys and man, these guys are gone. <laughs> we can't catch this. I mean, because there are moments you hear things and you know. If, you, if you've been in this thing, I heard, I remember the first time they came and played me uh, Igwe, the record. By, by who? By the band. I mean, that's one of the biggest records. And they played me that record. They played me. Moboni Feli Feli, you know, those records, suddenly, these are records that, you hear that, even that, the first day I knew Wanley was going to be a problem was he had a record called Ololufe, on a Mohit's, on Hits um compilation. They came, and they used to come to perform this whole thing in my house. They literally performed the whole album. And I'm just looking at this kid thinking, hmm, Wanley, was literally whiz kid before whiz kid. Yeah, he just didn't come out fully. That's it.
1: Bueno. Before we go on a break, I'm going to ask you to name three artists that if they were in this era of Spotify, YouTube, would have been a problem globally.
0: Three artists. Right now? Yeah. Oh, easy. Easy. Two-Face. Problem, huh? The band. Nado C. Problem. 100%. Problem. 100%. You see, when you got superior flows and rhythm and hits, maybe. Spotify, come on. NATO would be doing like 100 million streams. And that's my view. Because NATO was doing ridiculous access things with his music then. And we would be getting messages from like Lithuania, or they're rocking, somebody said you have video, of some festival. You see how you're seeing all these festivals now? Festivals have always being there in Europe. But in those days, some random DJ would be playing our music in a festival. And we hear, Kinney, big deal of 60,000 people in Poland, 70,000 in Australia but they didn't even know who the artist was to be able to reach the artist, to invite him to come for the show. Now with social media, everything changed. The minute you drop the record, if the record is hard, it's gone. So social media is the is the big thing that broke everything apart for us because so today, there's no budget in Lagos to do what we want to do in the real sense, right? Nobody, Nobody had, listen, you talked about startup industries earlier. These startup industries are Afrobeat that's the startup industry so we'll go on a break now they give you a lot of data so an artist can see the cities where i'm being listened to the yeah most. so if i'm being listened to the most in any room right more than i'm being listened to in lagos then it tells me i have to put some more work in in lagos but but spotify
1: right? those guys don't give like
0: states they give country they give country but then it's also yeah but that's also because that's why you want more indigenous platforms okay. that give you more granular look okay. in terms of your domestic data because the reality of it is that, yes, the reason why people want the global streams is because of purchasing power. It's an economic thing. It's not that, oh, because you're streaming me in Enugu, I'm not happy. I want you to stream me in Enugu, I want you to stream me everywhere. The question is, are you on the platform? You get? If you're on Spotify Premium or Spotify Free, then it's not actually coming as money to me. There's ad-supported side of it, right? But the key thing is in Africa, we still haven't solved the domestic platform issue. In Nigerians think it's about data, but Nigerian data is cheaper than any data on the continent. So it's not just about data, right? It's also about habits. It's about how you consume music. Who's promoting and pushing? So you ask yourself, how much activation is Apple Music or Spotify doing in Nigeria? Very little. Very little. Beyond a random billboard, that's it, right? So, who are the music platforms in Nigeria that are promoting? Very few. So, I feel like what has happened and what continues to happen in Nigeria is we have grown these industries. We bootstrap them, a startup. They're still not fully formed. Okay. There's so many elements to be added on to make it fully robust, secure yeah. and robust. But then we take it for granted, right? That's the Nigerian way. So, it's a pity but we've taken it for granted. Any other country by now, would have created events and awards celebrating the wins we've already had. There are no African artists except the Nigerian artists that have sold out these kind of venues. All the other artists from Africa that have done anything, have done on the folk music circuit, the traditional music circuit. Not in mainstream pop, not in R&B, not in hip-hop, not in the club. That's what we brought to the table. That's what Afrobeats is about. It's the urban sounds of Africa. You can call it that if you want to. So people like... All the Nigerian guys, some of the Ghanaian guys, all the guys playing in that space, the black British artists, and then of course the US hip hop artists were all in the same conversation.
1: Now, you own a platform, or you run a platform, Nigerian Idols.
0: Mm. You've done it for many years. I don't own it or run it, I'm a judge on it. it, Yeah, Yeah, but it's been going, I think we did three seasons now, but Nigerian Idol has come and gone in Nigeria. I've produced many of these things. Nigerian things, created it and produced it, right? So those are different because they're but, reality shows.
1: But do you do you think that the 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 platform actually makes a
0: superstar or it's just Well, it's about the person, okay. right? Because winning a singing competition doesn't guarantee you anything except the fact that you won the singing competition. I have competition. some money. Yeah, you just got you got a platform in the sense that people can see you. That doesn't mean you're gonna be a commercial star. That's a different journey. Completely. Of course. So if you go and look, I'll give you an example, right? Um if you look at all the biggest artists that would come at reality shows, it's really the person that won. It might be the person that third, second. But the reason why artists win reality shows and artists are commercial success is two different things. Reality shows almost like a karaoke singing competition. To, win, to be an original artist, you gotta be, that's original music. It's brand new. It's not, you're not singing somebody else's music. It's brand new. You gotta bring your personality and you gotta connect and find your audience. And that's a different journey.
1: So now let's go back to commercial. So you've spoken about the journey. Do, do, do you know I'm, I'm still shocked? Do, do you know how pretty? We
0: did Two Face. We went to the Banj. I said the band before I got to the Banj, I said P Square. To P
1: Square, P Square, there. you
0: helped me to three. Yeah. Then we now went but to already Four.
1: So we, now we, we're in the Bonar with Davido.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Then there's Rema. Well, I
0: think well, you see, like this. No, no. Let me let me give you my list. Okay. you're trying to give me your list, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> so let's go like this, right? Let's give you just seminal moments, and there's not any number to it, yeah. but seminal moments. So Junior and Pretty, right, with the pigeon fufu flavor, 1992, that album, bringing that pigeon English into hip hop and doing it on those beats. Okay. Big moment. I think there's a lot of other stuff. Daddy Shoki in '96 coming out by Jaden. Right. Big, big moment. Big, big, big right. moment. Right, you got tribesmen in 2000. LD two, tribesmen in 2000, style. 2001. Yeah. Big and, moment. Uh, around tribesmen is also plantation boys, Idris. Right. Big with moment. Remedies. Right. Plantation boys and Two Face. But when Two Face goes off in 2004, everything changes. Right. That's the first superstar coming. At 2006, Two Face in a place of his own. Everybody else is just looking at Two-Face, like... 2007 is the year of P-square. P-square, like, dropping... No, 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 no. P-square, honestly, like, biggest.
1: But I'm going somewhere.
0: So right. P-square and then... So, but at the same time... Mo-Hits, MI too. MOHITS is coming... Wait, no. MI is coming right after NATO. So MOHITS... NATO goes big in 2008. MI goes big in 2009, right? Ice Prince as well, 2009-10, with a big Olé crew. And, and then where you see P-Square, no they It's kind of like 2007-2010, they they're dominating everything. And then the band flips out with Oliver Twist, right? The band is flipping out Oliver Twist, whiskey is arriving. So, so whiskey is the first of this generation. whiskey He's the first. There's no arguments about this. That's why he's the first to sell out the O2. He's the first, right? Then you got David. Why do you like David? Just quickly. Why? Why? His energy. David refused to be denied. David's supposed to be the spoiled rich kid. He He refused. refused. Just said, you know what? I'm doing this. And everybody laughed at the kid. Or thought, oh, no, he's a rich kid or whatever. But you know what? That energy, that desire, and that talent that he has has carried him for the last 12 years. And it's still going. He's having a what, massive year, I think 650 million streams already. It's
1: wild, it's wild. So David, then we now have Burner.
0: Yeah, but even with that progression to Burner, you have a bunch of other guys. Oh yeah. That were coming, doing stuff, right? You have the Ote sound, the Ote movement. You know, I mean, Burner has been on a non-stop rampage for four years. For four years. Right? Since African Giant.
1: And then and we now have this a, guy.
0: It's a glorious thing to see.
1: It's massive. Then
0: yeah. we have Rema. Rema is like a rocket ship. But even before you talk about Rema, Ashake.
1: Oh, I apologize. It's no only It's not... I apologize. So I
0: Ashake, you know, you have CK, guys having these big, big moments. Moments. Well, but but Ashake, is, Ashake is wild. Ashake, this weekend, he's going to sell out the O2. It's wild. And that literally means in the 14 months from me dropping his album, he's selling out the biggest arena in the UK. No, his, 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 his one is a bit... A bit. I think the other artists on the trajectory, like Ashaque, Odumodo Black. Are you serious? Hundred percent. Why? I don't know. Quote me, man. In a year's time, that's after. I have you to streaming me in interview? I want you to stream me everywhere. The question is, are you on the platform? Do you get. Are, if you're on Spotify Premium or Spotify Free, then it's not actually coming as money to me. There's ad-supported side of it, right? But the key thing is, in Africa, we still haven't solved the domestic platform issue. In Nigerians think it's about data, but Nigerian data is cheaper than any data on the continent. So it's not just about data, right? It's also about habits. It's about how you consume music, who's promoting and pushing. You ask yourself, how much activation is Apple Music or Spotify doing in Nigeria? Very little. Very little. Beyond a random billboard, that's it, right? So who are the music platforms in Nigeria that are promoting? Very few. So I feel like what has happened and what continues to happen in Nigeria is we have grown these industries. We bootstrap them, a startup, they're still not fully formed. Okay, there's so many elements to be added on to make it fully robust, secure yeah. and robust. But then we take it for granted, right? That's the Nigerian way. So it's a pity but we've taken it for granted. Any other country by now would have created events and awards celebrating the wins we've already had. There are no African artists except the Nigerian artists that have sold out these kind of venues. All the other artists from Africa that have done anything have done on the folk music circuit, the traditional music circuit. Not in mainstream pop, not in R&B, not in hip hop, not in the club. That's what we brought to the table. That's what Afrobeats is about. It's the urban sounds of Africa. You can call it that if you want to. So people like all the Nigerian guys, some of the Ghanaian guys, all the guys playing in that space, the black British artists, and then, of course, the US hip-hop artists were all in the same conversation.
1: Now, you own a platform, or you run a platform, Nigerian Idols.
0: you mm. for many years. I don't own it or run it. So I'm a judge, on, judge it. on it. Yeah. yeah, but it's been going, I think we did three seasons now, but Nigerian Idol has come and gone in Nigeria. I've produced many of these things. Nigerian Sings created it Good. and produced it, right? So those are different because they're reality but, shows.
1: But do you... Do you think that the, the the platform actually makes a superstar? Or it's just well,
0: it's about the person, okay. right? Because winning a singing competition doesn't guarantee you anything except the fact that you won the singing I competition. I have some money. Yeah, you just got you got a platform in the sense that people can see you. That doesn't mean you're gonna be a commercial star. That's a different journey. Completely. Of course. So if you go and look, I'll give you an example, right? Um if you look at all the biggest artists that would come at reality shows is really the person that won. It might be the person that came third, second. But the reason why artists win reality shows and artists are commercial success is two different things. Reality shows almost like a karaoke singing competition. To win to be an original artist, you gotta be that's original music. It's brand new. It's not you're not singing somebody else's music. It's brand new. You got to bring your personality and you've got to connect and find your audience. And that's a different journey.
1: So now let's go back to commercial. So you've spoken about the journey. Do, do, do you know I'm, I'm still shocked? Do, do you know how pretty we did? Two face. We went to the band. I said the band before I got to the band. The, I said P Square. To P Square, P Square, so You helped me to three. Yeah. Then we now went. But to, I four. So we, now we we're in the Wiz Davido.
0: Mm-hmm. Then there's Rema. What? Well, I think. Well, you see, like this. No, no. Let me let me give you my list. Okay. You're trying to give me your list, okay. right? Yeah. <laughs> so let's go like this, right? Must give you just seminal moments, and there's not any number to it, but seminal moments. So, Junior and Pretty, right, with the pigeon Fufu flavor, 1992, that album, bringing that pigeon English into hip hop and doing it on those beats. Okay, big moment. I think there's a lot of other stuff. Daddy Shoki in '96 coming out Jay Jaden, right? Big big, moment. Big 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 moment. moment. Right, you got Tribesman in 2000, LD, Tribesman in 2001. Yeah. Anna. Big moment. Around tribesmen is also Plantation Boys, Idris, right? Big remedies, Right? Plantation Boys and Two-Face. But when Two-Face goes off in 2004, everything changes, right? That's the first superstar coming. At like 2006, Two-Face is in a place of his own, right? Everybody else is just looking at Two-Face. Like, 2007 is the year P-square. P-square like, dropping. <laughs> no, 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 no. P Square, honestly, like biggest. But I'm going somewhere. So right. P Square, and then so, but at the same time, more Mi, Mi is coming heavy. Wait, no, Mi is coming right after NATO. So Mi, NATO goes big in 2008. Mi goes big in 2009, right? Ice Prince as well, 2009, 10, the big O-L-E crew. But and then but you see P Square. No hits. It's kind of like 2007-2010, they they're dominating everything. And then the band flips out with Oliver Twist, right? But the band is flipping out Oliver Twist, Whiskey is arriving. So, so whiskey is the first of this generation. Whisked. He's the first. There's no arguments about this. That's why he's the first to sell out the O2. He's the first, right? Then you got David. Why do you like David? Just quickly. Why? Why? His energy. David refused to be denied. David's supposed to be the spoiled rich kid. He, he refused. refused. To... He just said, you know what? I'm doing this. And everybody laughed at the kid or thought, oh, no, he's a rich kid or whatever. But you know what? That energy, that desire, and that talent that he has has carried him for the last 12 years and it's still going. He's having a massive year, I think 650 million streams already.
1: It's wild, it's wild. So, David, then we now have Burner.
0: Yeah, but even with that progression to Burner, you have a bunch of other guys. Oh, yeah. That were coming, doing stuff, right? You have the Orte sound, the Orte movement. You know, I mean, Burner has been on a non-stop rampage for four years. For four years. Right? Since African Giant.
1: And then we now have
0: this guy. It's a glorious thing to see. It's massive. Then we have Rema. Rema is like a rocket ship. But even before you talk about Rema, Ashake.
1: Oh, I apologize. It's not Leandro. It's not. You apologize. So I
0: apologize. Ashake. you know, you have CK, guys having these big, big moments. Moments. Well, but but Ashake,
1: is, Ashake is wild.
0: Ashake, this weekend, he's going to sell out the O2. It's wild. And that literally means in the 14 months from me dropping his album, he's selling out the biggest arena in the UK. No, his, 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 his one is a bit, Bit. I think the other artists on the trajectory like Asha Kei Odumodo Black. Are you serious? 100%. Why? I don't know, quote me man, in a year's time, let's have, have the conversation. You think so? <laughs> I think so, 100%. I think Odumodu Black is one of the most authentic voices I've heard in the last 20 years. And their energy is insane. And he already has a style and a look. You know, in music, right, you got to come with all the senses. Sound serious, listen to me music when you want to you know a music start sound style, right? Yeah. The fashion, do you understand? Wow. Have to, you have to affect all these senses to be a star. But up there, slap their legs, Where them, like, Kid I'm telling you, man.
1: how you think he's the guy?
0: Uh, well, you, you seem to know the songs. <laughs> <laughs> You see you No, the that means just... Yeah, but you see, let me tell you, it's the energy, right? And, and the same energy I wow. see in Ashake, I see in Udumudu Black, I see it in Burner. Wow. There's a particular energy there. There's a vibration wow. in what they're doing, and it comes in the melody of their music. You don't even have to understand what they're saying. Something. Yeah, just watch the reaction videos. You see people, don't understand a word of what these guys are saying, but they're feeling heavy, you know? Jay Haas is all over the Nigerian sound right now. There's a ridiculous record with Naira Marley. Wild. Look at the video. That T.J. Omori guy is a criminal. They need to lock him <laughs> up. Milking, is like, milking. No, no, the guy The guy is It's beautiful to see because he's delivering an aesthetic that that's the level at which you want to see Nigeria. Wow. That's wow. how That's how I want to see the fashion, the culture. I want to see it at that level. I don't want to see it here. I want to see it here. Yeah, and T.J. Omori is one of the best of the best. You know he's literally uplifting everything he does so i'm like when i see his work i'm like okay I'm what attention. next and,
1: and he's just he's he's going he's going now someone is sending a me message I, said, I should ask you that aside tiwa savage or maybe, maybe day most women don't like do big the music globally is different it's beyonce beyonce is it's, she's, she's she's legendary there's adele there's
0: no, globally, there's a billion female a, artists. But in
1: Nigeria, mm-hmm. it's a bit scarce. Why?
0: It's tough. It's tough. First of all, it's not easy to be an artist, male or female. That's the first thing. Second thing, culturally, it's also tough. And it's expensive to be a female artist. You've got to change your hair every day, go change the clothes and change the makeup. So for management of any female artist, they will tell you, you're managing a guy. It's a very different thing, managing a female. Plus, you've got to protect the female. There's a lot of I stuff. Hear you. yeah. hear but there are superbly talented female artists is who've a had beast. many. Oh, Starr looks to me like, and not just her. I mean, they just put out a new female artist this week. Maven. She raps. Yeah, it raps and sings. Looks like she's a problem. I mean, I think, look, I've been blessed. We worked with a few. You know, Sasha, incredible as a performer and as a person, right? Omaomi, um, you know the voice. I don't have to voice. say too so much, right? Even, even this lady um, too, um, YJ, you know, Of course. You know, I think about, I think about um, Telly the Entertainer, right? I think about Miniola. Think about um, what's this lady called? Um, Yemi Alade. But 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 we must give give it up at terms. Oh, listen, terms is. I mean, you know, it's weird how. Not weird, but Thames is much bigger outside Nigeria than she is in Nigeria. Yeah. Her sound seems to be a bit more mature. Um, and you know, a lot of people feel she's like a new age Shadi. You mean, know, she has that sound. And then the thing for me, the beautiful thing for me is to see her songwriting. Because That song she wrote for Rihanna, Lift Off, is incredible. And you know, that's the thing. When you can write a song like that, you can eat for the next 40 years. You don't have to be on stage every day. You don't have to be on Instagram every day. Because trust me, that one song, that one moment, <laughs> it's going to last forever.
1: Now, let's bring it back to Obi Asika. Mm. Back to you. Is there any mistake you've made in the mid, in the in the, in the, in the ecosystem of creativity that you wish you didn't make? Just, was there a person you remember to sign, you didn't sign? Let's, 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 let's.
0: Man, there's a, there's a, there's a thousand. Maybe. Like who? One <laughs> mistake. <laughs> <laughs> there's a thousand. Listen. Just share one. I'll tell you a true story. Like, I mean, they don't know whether they're mistakes, but if it's like if it's about not signing artists, a million. I mean, Mo Hits were in my office for eight months trying to get me to sign them. I never signed them. Um, what? Yeah, well... Bobby! No, but you see... I forgive like, you, I forgive you, man. I forgive you, bro. No, but see, the thing is this, is that... That's life. Well, it's not, well, not that life, but we didn't feel we needed to sign them, to activate them. So we activated them, right? So, okay, look, Jazzy, we're doing Big Brother Nigeria. You come and do the official theme song, right? You guys perform at the opening show. We we'll put you here. We're going to embed you here, right? We're doing this. We're embedding you here. We're doing this show with Channel O, the band you're hosting. No, Two-Face, you're hosting. No, P-Square, you're hosting. They're not my artists. But we're building a movement. Ecosystem. So we built everybody. So it wasn't about myself and Tola Adunsi must have taken about 150 Nigerian artists onto Channel O at a time when no Nigerian TV channel was ready to play them. Because, you know, we're funny people. We need external validation to see ourselves. Wild. And, you know, till now, it's still it's, happening. It's, 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 a real, it's a real thing. It's a real it's, problem. Yeah, man. So, guys would go. Clonized, they spe- they spent like a year too. and a half going to NCA or the radio station. The guy would say, no, what are you doing? Who are you? But then we'll get them on Channel O. They record the Channel O video. Then they go to NCA. They say, I'm on Channel O. And NCA can't tell you you're nobody, Right? So suddenly you got something, they're playing you on YFM in Joburg. I get the YFM guys to send you the clip. You could take that to your radio station in Enubu or Joss or Abuja, wherever you are. And also don't forget, it's like validation. you would be sitting wherever you're sitting in some little corner of Nigeria, even in Lagos. Nobody ever paid attention to you. People tell you they're going to support you, but then nobody's doing anything. You go to the radio station, you have no access. You understand that's the reality yeah. of how this game was so what we did was give everybody access everybody we thought had something to offer we gave them access try to give them a platform put them on tv put them on radio put them in shows it didn't even matter if there was any money because in the first instance you have to be heard first right you can be yeah. saying i'm great this boy has great potential we'll be heard but, if you first. Get, but if you're not going to be heard nobody can even begin to think about oh because then the brand can go you know a guy, maybe we can't afford him, so, but let him come anyway. He can warm up the crowd. So a lot of the guys you see as superstars today, Kid told Nigeria warming up for Banky Dublin. But it's in 2011. That's his first time going around Nigeria in 70 shows. That's how you get the discipline to perform. Because when people see these guys on Instagram flying all over the place, they think it's fun. It's not fun. They're not having fun. It's work. Because every time you fly, you know you deal with compression. You come off the plane, you're tired. You go and perform two hours, you lose 10 kilos. You go so these are facts of life. You lose that you lose that weight, you lose the energy, and you lose the essence. Then you go back and you have to go out, you have to smile at the after party. People think you're just having fun, but they don't know that the next three hours you're gonna get on another plane, fly six hours to another place, do the same thing again. And the guys in the audience, they're not gonna be there saying, oh, he performed yesterday, he's tired. You have to bring. You have to bring that same level energy. of energy every single same time. Same energy. So when you see the artists on tour, respect it. It's work. It's not. Because people think I said ah, they're just having fun. Really? <laughs> uh, they had to. They had to rehearse. It's like a music video. You shoot a music video for three and a half days, sometimes in multiple locations.
1: For five. For, for three, three, four minutes, three minutes. Four minutes.
0: And somebody's gonna yap your video <laughs> and I say, Ah, they were not original. Ah, they don't know what they're doing. You wrote, you had a whole script, you had a whole team, you had a fashion team, You had, a, but nobody sees that. They just see the artists. But If you go to music video production, there's 70 people on the production. If you go on a, a live concert, there's 200 people working. And that's what the business of the entertainment is about. The person in front is just the person in front. The people behind. Everybody's there to make the person in front look good. Yeah? But when it begins to really pay money, when all the guys on the set are getting paid, now you've elevated the whole thing. So I think domestic touring in Nigeria by 2030 can be worth a billion dollars per annum in Nigeria. Nigeria. Now and that's more interesting.
1: Now, you, 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 we spoke about it. You're not doing stuff with the, with, a, with a digiverse and some some stuff with um, AI and all that. And it has come. Technology. The Nigerian median age is 19 years old. So... 64% of Nigerians are below 25 years old. It's a young country. It's young. Um, I went to speak to teenagers on Friday and Saturday. For real. They didn't know MI. They didn't know, I, they didn't know to see They do not know them. At all.
0: No, they don't. They don't know them. For real. My daughter's 12, she so doesn't know them. Thank you.
1: So, so um, And there's no history. There's no... What do you think the young artists need to learn about the history, that's one. Two, what do you think will never change in music, in the music business?
0: What will never change? What will never change? I mean, listen, I'll fl- let me flip it for you. The thing that will never change is we'll never stop being Nigerian, which means the essence of the Nigerian will always be in the music. And now comes with the intentionality, attitude, inflection, vocal inflections, and style. That's what we bring to everything we do. So that's never going to change, right? In terms of what do you need to do about history? I think sometimes it's also about platforms, right? The reality of the thing, and I think you heard me say it the other day, is that we live in the attention economy. So people pay attention for two two minutes, right? Snack bites, and then everybody's got that high. But if you look at life, even in the span of your life, and the things you've seen and things you've forgotten, right? It's about who can tell the story, where the storytellers? So it's not just about the history, it's the storytellers. You can tell stories in so many different ways. You can tell stories not just as podcasts, but with music. I tell people all the time that film, music, art, literature, poetry, these are all forms of storytelling. So if you were to watch my docu-series, Journey of the Beats, there's not much you would not know about Nigerian music and its evolution if you watch that. It's 10 episodes. There's a lot of history, but there's also a lot of stories. But people always tell me they want to be, I said, listen, me, I don't want anybody to make another docu series. What I'd love is someone to go and watch that series and say, you know what? Abdul Karim's story is incredible. I need to make his biopic. Or Rex Lawson is that's the guy I need to talk about, the king of high life. The reason the guy that fell was scared of, you know, because the truth of the matter is we failed as storytellers in this country, both from the intentionality of government, intentionality of the education piece and even from the media side. So what you end up looking at is if you look at Nigeria, unfortunately, and you try to mention 100 prominent Nigerians and 100 prominent moments in the last 100 years of which there have been many, you'll find that less than 10 percent have been reported. Even five percent. There are no biopics on any Nigerian. Do you know,
1: there's no. You know, there's
0: no biopic of Fela. Also you're talking about Fela, Sadona, Zeke. I mean, there's no biopics of anybody. Wow. Right. So, and you know, the political, sporting, entertainment, culture, literature, life, there's nothing. And this is a big problem. As just biopics, there's no documents there's, there's no, no talk biopics. shows. Nothing. So, at the end of the day, it's like we create this situation of blank. But why would you expect the kid to know that, oh, this person is dressed like this because of this person? If there's no connection, you can't validate what you're saying, right? So only because you lived it can you say, I can only say hip hop and Afrobeats because if you watch a hip hop video, you can see there's no difference. You can see yourself visually, a kid can work that out. But to understand the transition, who's going to tell them? But the good thing about it though, is that the kids grow up with no biases and no limits. So somebody who's 40, 45 never believed a Nigerian could sell out a stadium in the West. Nobody could be there. Yeah, but a kid who's 10 is growing up thinking it's normal. So that's, there's no limits, right? He's not being held back by the, the diminished force of it. his I parents. Do you get what North I'm saying? Years. No, because, yeah, because a lot of Nigerians deal with self-reduction. it's not possible. Ah, uh, no, no, we can't do it. It's
1: self-reduction. Why that? Just, just, just stay on it a little bit. Why do we do it? You know
0: why. You're Nigerian. <laughs> Nigerians do it every day. Every day in social media and conversation. Self-reduction. It's self-reduction, yeah. Oh, it's not possible. You can't do it. Meanwhile, they've done it already. The Nigerians doing everything. There's nothing on this planet Nigerians are not doing. There's nothing. I'm telling you, whether it's in medicine, whether it's in science, whether it's in everything. technology, education, and business, and governance, we do it all here we're talking about music and culture but the reality of it is we do it all the question is are you allowed to do it do you have an environment which you can make it happen and the truth of the matter i think is that with or without government we've grown these sectors right we've grown nollywood has grown without the government Mm -hmm. afrobit let's call it
1: AfroBit, has grown without the government
0: Nigerian comedy
1: has just too funny
0: (laughs) i mean So what I'm saying to you is, if you look at Nigerian entertainment or Nigerian soft power, as I like to call it, and say all the influencers, the musicians, the Nollywood guys, the comedy makers, the the football players, um, the athletes, the basketball players, all these people combined, they have easily a billion followers, right? The billion followers can command incredible products and leverage and money, right? So what is the missing link? The missing link is products and merchandise, right? And what is the missing link in product and merchandise? It's platforms, number one. Number two, trust. OK, so if I'm Don Jazzy or if I'm anybody who's a big influencer, I need to be able to trust Abba, that Abba can produce my 10,000 sneakers.
1: And sell the world. Not Someone just, said that. Not just
0: produce them, sell them and give me my money. money.
1: Someone said that Ibona had won a Nigerian brand for his tour, Love that many He was, he's been able to, he was able to reach five million eyeballs. Five million. Yeah, but
0: listen, listen. Every time Burner or Wade or any of these guys, you're talking about five million eyeballs. The brother, Burner,
1: Champions League finals.
0: Listen, listen, that's just one event. But look at it like this, right? If you go and look at the top 10 streaming artists from Africa in the history of YouTube, eight Nigeria. Nigerian. Talk about flavor, who you don't think about as mainstream. But flavor streamed over a billion views on his own channel, on YouTube, right? That's the power. That power means that brands see that, they're not silly. So when flavor is going on tour, brand can say, hey, you know what? I'm life there, I'm going with you. I'm going with you because I know 10,000 are coming everywhere you're going, right? So that's what we're talking about. It's like Diamond Plant, I'm out of Tanzania. Wild. Yeah. Black
1: coffee. Wow. Yeah,
0: but Diamond Plant can't get into Nigeria to get the numbers. Do you get what I'm saying? He's not getting the numbers on Spotify, he's getting it on YouTube for the visual side. Yeah, So there, it's just understanding that. And my piano is incredibly powerful, but it's not translating into streams on Spotify or Apple Music at the same scale, like that melody-driven Afrobeats. So Afrobeats is in that sugar spot. It's like that bad habit you can't get rid of. just keeps coming like that. Long may it last why are you complain <laughs>
1: do, do you suspect that the the west would own it
0: when you say the West will own it suspect it's not about suspect I could tell you this for a fact right who has invested in it the West so what are you talking about so they don't own it but we work with them they control the levers of publishing and distribution but the terms of these deals these days it's not quite like the terms in the 50s and 60s. But the reality of it is that in Africa and in Nigeria, we're still paying lip service to these things. Banks are still telling you, oh, they don't have structure. So they're not funding, right? But you know, the same bank, right, is fully aware that Hollywood uh, is a banked industry. Do you understand? The music industry is driven by private equity finance. Okay.
1: Long term. The
0: music industry, the film industry, the entertainment industry, that there, there are models for financing ip so when people when people say oh, there's no structure i get very irritated because it's not that there's no structure okay it is the nigerian lack of structure that affects the creative economy it is not the creatives that are creating the problem because nowhere in the world does anybody expect the creatives to also be the distributors
1: and it and it's not no, no, is it the, possible. No, no, the
0: creator's business is to perform. Create the content. No, it's to perform. They don't even have to create the content. The producer can create the content. The choreographer can design the show. But all those things are irrelevant if the star Cannot doesn't star. deliver, right? Yeah, yeah. So the stars are the apex of a team and that's how it happens. But then what needs to happen is, where's the other elements? Because you're asking about local investment. What is it we want to see? What you want to be able to do is to empower Nigerians, right? The biggest opportunity in Nigeria and the biggest issue and opportunity Nigerians have is Nigerians. Our oil and gas, our cobalt, all the things that they say we have as mineral resources are not worth nearly as much as the Nigerian people. If we put even 5% of the money into the Nigerian people, what do I mean? We've got to upskill, right? Gotta get people get people educated properly. And I don't mean university degrees.
1: I get it. Relevant conversation, relevant I mean, tools. technical
0: skills and tools. You can work remote. You can work all over the world. Business process outsourcing. Nigeria should be aiming for 10 million new types of jobs in the next four years, right? It's not, we have a big problem. And our biggest problem is jobs, right? And to change that, we're not producing 9 to 5 jobs. But these industries, these creative economy industries can provide those 10 million jobs. You skill up the people, right? Because they work fixed-term economy. They don't work 9 to 5. Right. Any village you go to in Nigeria, the guy who's the photographer is making money.
1: Yeah. Wedding, Sunday church service.
0: The guy who's the event manager is making money because yeah. somebody's getting buried, somebody's being born, there's something, right? So all of those people are the providers of what you call the creative industries or the entertainment industry. And everywhere in Nigeria, they exist. There's different levels of skill, right? But the opportunity to be seen so they can earn is a big gap and then somebody to deliver at scale. Because in Nigeria, I think we're only graduating about a million people a year at a university. So we have two million falling off every year. In 10 years, it's 20 million. That's how you get to 60 million unemployed, right? So we have to do something urgent about that, that will now drive the energy that feeds all of this. Because if it's the talent in film, in television, in arts, in culture, in music, in literature, in comics, in animation, and gaming, the talent is everywhere it's about codifying the talent so that you can monetize it that's what the, that's why the saudis are investing right they're building what they did is okay we don't have talent we've got money so what do we do let's invest in all the built brands because the whole world's attention is on the build brands so if i own 10 of instagram you're always talking about whether whether i say anything or not right so that's the strategy and it works the West, the EPL is the biggest league in the world because they have the most money. Not just that, Sky Sports created the best product. So when you watch NCA and you watch coverage of Ali, Is it going? Is it go! Is it go! It's different. No, it's, if you watch, watch EPL, it's, a it's a different thing. It's a different thing. So it's not, it's, it's really just disrupting. We need to disrupt our own country. Personally, that's my view. Because, you know, I think everybody knows we haven't done as well as we could do as a country. You know, we, we, we have a great heritage, but even, like you said, the kids don't know um, the bands and MI. How would the kids know what Nigeria did in Africa? How would they know? How would a kid know that Nigeria, do you know that Nigerians paid income tax to the South African Development Fund for 27 years? Would you know that? Have we told the story to anybody? Do you know that Nigeria formed the Anti Apartheid Commission in the UN in 1972 and chaired it from the beginning to the end? But Nelson Mandela's first flight when he was released from prison out of South Africa is to Abuja to say thank you because the biggest supporter is Nigeria. So if we don't know, if you don't tell the story, who's going to know? So why do you think South Africans have issues with us when we don't tell who we are? Do you get what I'm saying? So we have storytelling is a superpower, but we don't use it. And when you look at the Africa, they talk about Africa, or the land of the storytellers, the Briots. Like really, we don't value the story. If we value the story, you wouldn't be waiting for Disney to come and tell your you fables. Shango would not That's... be broke outside Lagos, and Thor's worth a hundred billion dollars.
1: Kai, but if Thor and Shango fight, who wins?
0: Shango every day. <laughs> That's biased. No, no, because he's older. <laughs> Shango came first. Why is he going to lose? If you have a younger cousin, who's less good looking and a lighter shade of you, what would you do? Beat him Anyhow. So actually, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, but you get the point. The point I do. The point is that I do. everything has always sat with us. I mean, you're about to allow me to talk about the omnibus, but can I talk about that? Yeah. Why I'm not? End with that. Let's end with that. Are we ending? You're ending. Okay. Yeah, so the Omniverse is basically a new platform of launching, right? Where we believe that collaboration is a superpower. A lot of the stuff that holds us back in Africa and on the continent and in the black world is a lack of collaboration. So we have a lot of talented people doing a lot of things that are operating in different silos, right? So we're thinking, how do we bring them together? What are the themes we can use to bring them together? So the underlying theme is that technology and innovation if applied to almost any sector of human endeavor scales whatever you're doing by x10 so whether it's education whether it's governance whether it's healthcare agriculture fintech banking media entertainment applying technology to these things in terms of platforms scales everything extent so that's what the omniverse is about and so bring everybody together so it's
1: a collaborative hub
0: yeah Cla- collaboration. Convergence and economic development, because we feel like when you just talk about all the talent we have and talent, I believe is the superpower of Nigeria. Nigeria can power the entire world. We have so many people, we've got to put them to work. You understand? So our talent can easily generate $200 billion a year sitting in Nigeria. They don't have to go anywhere. That's what we need to unlock. That's what the Omniverse is focused on. We're focused on that, that conversation. So we're launching in November, landmark. Everybody's invited. Pop central apartment, they don't even know that yet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Omniverse, <laughs> the future. Obi, thank thank you so
0: much. It's a pleasure. I made
1: you miss your Liverpool Chelsea game. Let's just
0: pray we got the right result.
1: Yeah, man. But if not, all of is it did Liverpool lose game over final one more final game. One, game. Fine. As, it's fine. It's fair. I didn't um, die. I um, didn't die. It wasn't that bad. My last question for you today is who is your favorite Nigerian artist and why? Let me close it. Woo. And it's a record, so that I'm going to cut this clip and put it on Instagram. And, <laughs> and that's how I'm going to push this. But you're going to put
0: me in trouble, man. Yeah, I'm going to do that. why? I mean, listen... I think when I was eight years old, nine years old, I came back from England to Enugu, and... Um, of my father's who's late now his name was professor Utu. Hi, Utu. he sat me down very serious he was, he was looking very serious. And he said to me why 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 um what's your favorite the same thing who's your favorite artist i brought up some random artist from the uk a guy called shaking stevens who was like a wannabe of especially out of the uk and shaking stevens was having a big summer that was the guy in my head Thank right you. He, he was so disappointed, and he said, Shaky Stevens. Shaky Stevens? Even the name sounds what funny. Yeah. Shaky sounds shaky. I'm telling you, he just dismissed me. He said, Listen, I suggest you go and listen to Fella Kuti. There's a song called Gentleman. Now listen to that song. Let's discuss it. From eight or nine, I went and listened to the song. So today, it remains one of my favorite songs. And when I think about the different phases of Fella. I think Fella is the most powerful musician. Possibly born in the century, him and Bob Marley. Just, you know, I have a phrase that I, I like to believe I coined it. And I don't know if anybody else did it before me. I'm here. Falas hip hop. Yeah. Falas hip hop. Yeah. I used to do Falas hip hop Friday nights at the shrine. And take all the rappers down. So perform. And to me, Falas hip hop before hip hop even existed. Because hip hop is about energy and attitude. It's about revolution and disruption. It's about philosophy and lyrics. And that's fella you right And to me, the lyrics and the music are even more important than the rhythm and the beats a lot of times. So I'll, I'll stick with Fella. That's the f- safe call. It's safe. Okay. It's safe.
1: Thank you so much, Asika. Thank you. Yes. Sir. It's cool current. Thank you.